Hello, everyone, and welcome into a new episode of Get Fiddles and Paradiddles. My name is Chris. My name is John. And John, we're back uh, after a small hiatus, which we'll, we'll know, get to man. explain oh, here in a little bit. Jeez. Um, yes. We'll explain our hiatus in yes. a moment. Um, we have, a, a we have good excuses. And really good, good excuses. Ones. Well, I guess we could explain it now. I mean, yeah. a lot of it happens to be that we have... We have uh, kids we have daughters that yes. to get back into the school flow right uh, the school year starting down here in georgia so georgia, yeah, man. um now uh i jumped into the selling your house uh yep. phase yep. Um, came back from my my gigs in oregon and we decided we we're going to sell our house mm-hmm. and we sold it quickly and now we got to be out quickly so it's just been a whirlwind yeah so of 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 life happening yeah we appreciate everyone that's been patient with us uh yeah absolutely a lot, a lot of life happening aside from music so john and i had to take a little little break not not a huge one yep. i think we've only been away for what two weeks yeah just a couple of weeks like now that. so we're we're gonna try to get back on a schedule um we can't make any promises because every time we do something happens so life happens. we're gonna give you our best effort the college the good old college try college try so, John, rather than um, asking how each other's weeks were, I think yes. the last couple of weeks have been kind of predictable. But right. the one thing we're definitely going to get into is John is, as he said, back from Oregon. He yes. had his fly date, yep. uh, which we talked about uh, kind of the buildup in the last couple episodes. Yes. So we're going to recap that. But before yep. we do, let's... Um, Let's uh, let's just talk about some news-related articles. Yeah, big. Things. I think we got some big, big headline news um, in the music world. Um, I think the biggest one is you know Tool announcing they're they're streaming their catalog on all the digital platforms. Yeah, some would say finally, but I think there's there's definitely some some inner workings in the background yeah, there. Yeah, um, before the announcement that was made by Maynard, mm-hmm. um, he actually was on the Joe Rogan podcast. The day before all of the stuff went live on the digital streaming platforms and within the first i actually watched i get an update on my fancy smartphone Mm -hmm. or notification excuse me when there's new podcasts saw that he was on there tuned in within the first five minutes of the interview he dropped that right literally was tweeting it as he was being interviewed by joe so um one of the things that kind of was brought up was why it took him so long? Why, what yeah, was, why, what why, was the what, deal? What happened? So according to Maynard, and he's actually kind of alluded to this on some Twitter responses or Instagram responses, one of the two, um, that it was the rest of the band that was holding up the process. Sounded like Maynard was on board with this some for some time. But, hmm. you know, them being a band and everybody has all parts being equal, you know, it has to be, everybody has to be on board or nothing. Right. Right. Which I can totally, I respect that. Totally, yeah. I mean, you know, we've been in bands where you didn't feel like part of the democracy, yeah. quote unquote. Yeah, even though it's a majority, Yeah. you know, it's not a consensus, mm-hmm. right? Everybody in, in, from in the Tool band situation, um, it had to be, you know, all or nothing. So my guess is that they were able to negotiate their or royalty rates on these streaming services mm-hmm. that that would be my only the only logical reason why the rest of the band was being so standoffish against the streaming rates because if anybody is hip to the the rate of say spotify mm-hmm. it's hot garbage yeah i've read that it's low super low i according to what i i've been able to research it's 0.006 percent Wow. Of one percent, 
Wow. Right? <laughs> Let's just think about that for a minute. Like, right. Think about a penny, right? A penny. You're getting one cent. A tiny, a tiny, tiny portion. You're of getting not even point zero. Yeah. Not, yeah. So it's crap. It's really bad. Mm-hmm. So I would imagine if I was in band, in a band such as Tool, mm-hmm. and that was the deal or leave it, I would say go pound sand because mm-hmm. our record, our people are going to, you know, the haze in the barn for them. People have already bought records. Mm-hmm. You know, the time that they were coming up in the music industry, you know, CDs were how you made your money, mm-hmm. right? So the streaming thing was still in its infancy. However... It's completely shifted 100% to digital streaming. Nobody, there's no, right, you know, blockbuster yeah. or, or yeah. you know, nobody's Barnes and CDs, Noble. Nobody's yeah. buying CDs. That's that's the thing of the past. Right. So, um, I would have to think that they were able to negotiate a little bit better of a deal than that. In to order all f- agree on to that. all f- for all parties involved to to say yeah, let's do it. Yeah, they must have. Well, I mean, good for them. First off, mm-hmm. uh, it's awesome that, you know, I, I was getting text messages throughout Friday last oh, week yeah. and the weekend. Like, did, did you see this? Did you see this? Yep. And it's like, yeah, we were, we were aware that it was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, cause Thursday, a lot of news dropped apparently yep. when he tweeted it and everything yep. it was on Joe Rogan, mm-hmm. uh, big information there, but you know, it's interesting how, I mean, you know how long it's been, it's been 13 years since yep. the last album came out. And uh-huh. you think about all the time that you and I have spent listening to Tool it blows me away that they only have four albums. Yep. Like in my mind, they've got like seven, mm-hmm. you know, it's probably because they have so much good music. Um, it's crazy that it's only four albums, soon to be five. Their new album, uh, what's it called? Fear Oculum? Fear Inoculum, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Wow. Um, August 30th. So uh-huh. we're, we're very close to that. Uh, a couple weeks, you know, yeah, a couple weeks, a couple weeks mm-hmm. it'll be out. So, so I have a question for you since we're talking about tool. What, what's your favorite album of theirs? Uh, my favorite album um, definitely would probably have to be Anima. Anima, yeah. Yep. Um, you know, for me, it's obviously all about the guitar riffs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're some of the solos. The guitar solo is a little bit more prevalent on that record. Yeah. Um, it seemed like on like albums past Anima, they were a little more probably worked out. Yeah. Uh, I feel like they were more improv on Anima. It mm-hmm. just the the whole guitar palette that was created on that record was pretty pretty it had a profound effect on me yeah and it did on a lot of people that was their breakout album for sure um, like that was the, the one that was like bam yeah it was just a just a wall i remember listening to that record in a studio and hearing that record through like high end studio monitors and it was just it took my breath away in some, some, the way, I mean, just the mixing, the mastering, it was flawless. Mm-hmm. Um, I might be one of the best top 10 rock albums for me, pound for pound. That's huge. You know, considering um, how many albums I know you listen to, right. Have, I've have, listened had, to, have, have turned me on to, right. I would probably say it's either 10 or right outside the top 10. Wow. Um, pound for pound. So that's my favorite. What about you? Uh, for me, it's hard. I mean, I do love that album. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Lateralist. Yes, I think, that's a great record. You know, Lateralist was so much more of a rhythmic, so I guess as a drummer, it speaks to me. Uh, love the guitar riffs, of course, on, on all of the all of their stuff. It's hard to pinpoint one album, but if I had mm-hmm. to pick an album's worth of music, it would definitely be Lateralist just because of the 
the rhythmic approach that was taken. It seems like they did take a step back from they're like, okay, we did the guitar thing. Yes. Let's try something a little different. Yep. And some of the rhythms they have on there. I mean, man, there's a, there's a couple songs like the, the drum parts. I mean, I, I, I've attempted to play some of them, but they're just incredible. Like the, yep. the polyrhythmic way that Danny Carey plays is in, is just staggering. Right. And I think that that foundation was, was laid on the Anima record. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. They're because like, that's when they, you could tell that they started to make a conscious effort to shift more to rhythmic mm-hmm. sensibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and not that the guitar was less important, but yeah. just like you're saying, you can definitely tell it was based around yeah. odd meter grooves. Totally. Yeah. And it's just mind blowing stuff yes. that'll just come out of nowhere. You're like, what, what? You know, I mean, and they're, they're just one of those mysteries wrapped in an enigma as a band. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you would think, as long as they've been around, they'd have more records put out. But, you know, uh, perfection takes time sometimes. It does. Um, and, you know, Maynard talked about it in the Joe Rogan podcast. Um, you know, when you've got, when you're in a band as successful as Tool is, uh, Maynard has got his hand in so many other things outside of Tool. Mm-hmm. As I'm sure the other guys do, but not to the extent that Maynard does. Right. Um, you know, it, it it's a feat getting everybody in the same room. The way that they write music together is very meticulous and super arduous mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. for lack of a better That's term. The best word for it, yeah. Um so, you know, that stuff obviously you can't just go in a studio and just poop something out and yeah. put tool on it. That's just not how they operate. Mm-mm. So Mm-mm. um you know, I've heard some of the live stuff that they've been doing from the tour, and it's they haven't skipped a beat. Great. So um, I want to see them. We should go see them. They, yeah, they yeah. Come through. We, we'll have to see when they're coming through because I definitely want to see them before. You know, I have talked about it before. Like nothing breaks my heart more than going to see an artist that's way past their prime. Right. That right. are just literally hanging on by their name, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. So it's really sad. So Tool is far from that. So I definitely want to go see them while the getting's good. You know what I mean? So we'll we'll, we'll have to make that happen. Very cool. You guys definitely listen to some some Tool. It's out there on all streaming platforms. And uh, new album August 30th. We're pumped for it. Yep, can't wait. Ready for it. Well, uh, we're going to get into this uh, topic for the day is is, uh, John's whole venture out, out in, to the uh, west coast out, out to the the oregon west coast the, yes. the, the northwest one of my favorite parts of this it country is beautiful it really beautiful is. country out there for sure well you guys hang on tight and we'll get into it here in just a moment All right, John. So you went to Oregon. You yes, had your fly Oregon. date. So if it, hopefully you guys have been following along, and yep. you know John was, has been preparing for a while. You've had this for a music, month, couple of months, yeah, a couple of months with yeah. the music for sure. I remember that. Yep. Um, so kind of take us through it. I mean, if there's like a mm-hmm. point A to point B, beginning and end, you know. Yeah. Like, so well, the day of, like, so, well, how did it look for you? So basically, the uh, itinerary um, was. Uh, a full day rehearsal in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Then we fly out to Oregon. We had four shows okay. and they were all three shows in a row, then in a full off day. And then the last show uh, was at a uh, bar, local bar in uh, downtown Silverton, Oregon. Okay. So that was the itinerary. Uh, so drove up to Nashville. We rehearsed for about six hours. 
Wow. Where'd you guys rehearse at? Uh, we actually rehearsed at a um, this guy's house over in Murfreesboro. He had turned Ooh. his whole basement into a rehearsal room. Wow. It was pretty, pretty ingenious and had actually made me think about some things I might want to do to my, my new property that I'm going to get. But at any rate, literally the entire basement soundproofed, mm. had an X32 Behringer, wow. had all the headphone mixing stations, um, had vending machines in there, wow. couches. I mean, it was like being at a legit, t- yeah. a legit rehearsal hall or room. Yeah. That's cool. So um, Ben was friends with a guy. So that's where we rehearsed, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, we were able to pretty much you know practice till our heart's content so that's where the rehearsal was at um so we did that and we were in there you know all freaking night um we had to do cover a lot of material and so that's what we did we got in there and and went through the songs and it was good um woke up the next morning and flew out to oregon Mm -hmm. um that's a long that's pretty long flight isn't it yeah it was uh it wasn't too bad it was about with the layover, it was about seven hours, but we had about an hour and forty-five minute layover okay. um, on um, on the way to Oregon. Okay. So, um, but to circle back to the rehearsal, uh, me switching over to my digital rig, right? Uh, the rehearsal was paramount for me to fine tune some of my presets. And, oh yeah, you know because it needed it. Some some of the presets were not loud enough. Some of them were too loud That's as cool. far as my gain staging. Yeah, uh, but not way off but off to where it needed to be worked out in a rehearsal not yeah a little tweak yeah you wouldn't want to do it at the gig yeah Yeah. definitely wouldn't want to do it at the gig so i was able to fine-tune that at rehearsal um and uh so the flight there was pretty pretty good um we flew out of nat flow flew Mm -hmm. excuse me flew out of nashville uh to las vegas had about an hour and 45 hour and 50 minute layover there okay and then it was literally less than two hours from Vegas to Oregon. So we got in pretty late. Um, I think we got in at like 11.45 Oregon time. So I was I was freaking toast. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. When we got there. Um, drove about an hour to Ben Roos, a uh, beautiful farm mm-hmm. uh, that his family and a lot of his brothers kind of live at or in. Um, drove there, spent the night. And was off and ready to the first gig, um, which like was a private very, party. The very next day. Like the no, very next no day. Downtime, yeah, yeah, no, literally hardly any downtime. Um, got uh, to the farm, slept late, slept till about 1030. Um, you know, got up and, you know, kind of jogged around. It's beautiful. I mean, just the air quality out mm-hmm. there, man. It's just, so kind of got up and, um, you know, Broke a, a mild sweat, nothing too bad, yeah, just yeah. a little sweat. Uh, got the blood pumping and went and got breakfast. Came back, had to restring the guitars because mm-hmm. uh, they were severely due first mm-hmm. the new string. So did that, and then packed up and headed to the gig. First gig, first gig. Yeah. Um, and so, so let, let me. I'm gonna keep asking you questions just to kind of oh, make no, sure no, we yeah, have the sure. timeline right. So, yeah. so was this like a Thursday? Was it a Friday? Friday. It was a Friday night. Friday. So, so we, Friday's the first gig. Friday's cool. the first gig. Cool. We get into Portland Thursday night at 11:45. I'm okay. literally in my bed, ready to go to sleep at probably like two in the morning Oregon right. time. Oregon time. So for, for 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 keeping track, that's more like 5 a.m. here. Yes. Yeah, you were exhausted. So I'm exhausted. Yeah. 
So, so it's Friday, headed to the gig. Friday. <coughs> Excuse me, headed to the gig. Um, it's a private party um, for the uh, Eugene Country Club. Okay. And Chris, when I tell you that this place was something out of a movie, it doesn't do it justice. Beautiful home mm-hmm. um, on the top of a mountain in Eugene, Oregon. About a 20,000 square foot home. I showed you the pictures. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just absolutely gorgeous. The stage was outside in his backyard. Just a 360-degree panorama of like mountains, mountains. Yeah, mountains. Mountain range. Yeah, you guys should see these pictures. There's, like, mountains everywhere. Gorgeous. So I'm like, okay, this is... I can handle this. Right. Um, the sound guy that was there, super awesome guy. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. If I can remember, I'll give him a shout-out. Did a great job. Uh, had a great sound system. PA was great. We actually, we all used in-ears. Uh, we brought uh, our wireless, uh, well, not ours, but Ben has acquired okay. wireless unit for, for the band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we flew all that stuff out there. We all had our own in-ear mix. Nice. Um, which was incredible. You can never beat that. I yeah. mean. Especially uh, outside, I'm sure right. it helped a lot. And he had a, it was a digital uh, Alan Heath board. Hmm. So we were all able to download the app on our phone and Man. do our own mix. Come on. So he made minor adjustments as far as EQing, yeah. reverb to vocals, etc. But we were able to control our own mix through the phone app. That's amazing. So that was huge. So I knew the show was going to go good because it sounded good. Mm-hmm. We had our ears ready to go. A lot of confidence, yeah. A lot of confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the party was great. Probably the nicest private party i've played at and those people know how to party in Mm. oregon chris Mm. they were super gracious to us and just it was literally and i i'm not doing any justice to this but it was the best party i'd played at wow hands down i've played at a lot of private parties Mm -hmm. i don't think anything's going to come close to that man but to wrap that up that gig went it was um uh, two hour show it was just us playing for the for the for the guests of the country club so um we started at seven thirty and we played till ten thirty so when the sun went down drinks were flowing man everybody was just totally into it cool so energy was good um sound was great um I was able to fine tune a few more things um as far as my presets and the in the in the line six gear, mm-hmm. um, the sound guy was gave me tons of compliments on the rig. He was just like, "Man, I can't believe how good that thing sounds." Amazing. So obviously the sound guy had a band and he was he played bass and I was <laughs> like, "Well, this the, the HX Stomp has bass effects and amp and cabinet modeling for bass as well." And he's like, "I'm getting one tomorrow." Wow. So uh, line six, come on, come on, line six, give, give us an endorsement. Yeah. I've literally. I'm changing lives over here. So, um, but yeah, um, the biggest thing um, about that was when I checked the pedal board, um, the TSA did inspect it, mm. but they didn't unplug any cables. Mm. I didn't have anything, any broken patch cables. They were super gentle with it. Good. Thank God. Yeah. Because I know that's not the case a lot of times. Yeah. Um, I was uh, I follow a guy named Rhett Shull. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a fellow AIM graduate. Has a big YouTube channel. Um, he had to fly out to London recently, and he brought his pedal board. And TSA checked it and broke patch cable. Oh, 
and he has one of those fancy pedal boards where everything is nice and tidy mm-hmm. and wired tightly mm-hmm. and you know had to ditch the pedal board and go direct into the front amp you know guitar amp couldn't use yeah so wow you know which i had a little bit of that happen towards the end of of this journey but luckily we were playing acoustic so it didn't i didn't yeah i wasn't tethered to a pedal board or have issues with that but right. we'll, we'll get to that but yeah um had zero issues with the line six stuff i was really really happy about the switch that i made because man just getting in and out of this gig yeah i set up and tore down and literally five minutes i timed it, it took me five minutes that's insane totally worth the money like if totally any, anybody's hesitant on doing this it's just think right about and, all and the time you don't necessarily have to go to the line six product there are plenty of other options there's the camper there's the axe effects um but you know i can't stress enough if you're going to be doing flight eights, amp and cabinet modeling is the way to go. Because nobody in the audience is going to give two flying flips mm-hmm. if you have a 100-watt hand-wired Marshall or yeah. if you're using a modeled Marshall sound. Right. They don't care. They don't care. It's got to so, sound good. And it sounds good. Sounds good. It is good. Mm-hmm. So, And it did sound good. So private party went great. Um, I was able to make some uh, some some key adjustments on, in, in the presets, which made it the next uh, electric full band gig that we did sound even better. Right. So Friday, so Friday success, night, yeah, you get in. Friday night, we, you know, we, 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 uh, we went hard as the kids say oh, Friday okay. night. Okay. So we slept in a little late Saturday. Okay. Uh, slept till about noon. Mm. Um, uh, got, got up, um, had some lunch, and had to head right down to Lynn County um, mm-hmm. because we were supporting act for Maddie and Tay Sweet. at the Lynn County Fair, which is a big outdoor fair, mm-hmm. um, which was about two hours south of Silverton. Um, so, you know, no rest for the weary. Mm-mm. Straight um, to it. Yeah. And yeah. this particular outdoor festivals are what we recall, are what we call in the business, hurry up and wait. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because you get there. Um, there were several other bands that played before us, local, you know, garage bands that somehow either knew the promoter, but, you know, just your classic local band that mm. were opening up. There were two of those local bands that played before us. Okay. So literally you had just kits on risers on mm. wheels that are being carted in and out. Right. Right. So, um, we get there, we get all of our stuff, you know, uh, staged on stage right of this big stage, you know, your typical outdoor fair stage. It was, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was nice, big stage. So we set up our stuff, got everything staged on the side of the stage and hurry up and wait. Mm-hmm. You know, we had to be there at three o'clock. So we got there at three, got all of our stuff staged on the stage in about an hour. We don't start till 730. Wow. So it's hurry up and wait, which is for me, um, you wish you're in a tour bus in that situation. Mm -hmm. So you can, you know, you've got some freedom to, you know, sleep or watch TV or Mm -hmm. just being in a, in a, in a a home, if you will, so to speak. Not a, we had to share a trailer with the other bands and all their shits everywhere. And Mm. so you can't really get comfortable. Right. You know what I mean? And which is. You know, it's 90 degrees outside in Oregon. Yep. Not as hot as Georgia heat, 
but hot nonetheless. Still hot. If you're in the sun, hot's hot. So, yeah. you know, um, we had to wait for the last band to go on stage before we had the trailer all to herself. So we're literally walking around in the in the hospitality tent where all the catering and stuff is, but it's open air. You know, right. it's covered, but it's hot as crap. Mm-hmm. So we had to endure that for about 45 minutes. And then we got to go into the trailer and literally just sit and wait. Mm. So... Um, did that did the gig um we played for an hour it was great um sounded great um we had to do it was a throw and go so we weren't able to use in ears mm-hmm. um except for the drummer the drummer did use an inner mix but the rest of us went with wedges because okay. it just quicker just quicker yeah, yeah. so um had a few issues uh, with some of the um some of the sound in my monitor mix but you just have to go with it, man. Mm-hmm. You know, luckily I was able to get residual uh, sound from the front of house. So what I was lacking in my wedge, I was able to, you know, get from the front of house. But uh, got another compliment from the sound guy on the HX effects rig. It was wow. like, man, the thing sounds killer. Um, once again, five minutes, I was off the stage. Um, and um, my eldest brother lives in Portland, Oregon. So he was able to come out to that show and um, went back with him cause we had an off day the next day. So I got to spend the night in Oregon, downtown Portland and spend the day down there and eat some awesome, awesome food out there and mm. enjoy downtown Portland where all the crazy people are. So, um, finally had a day off after Lynn County, which was, I was toast, man. Mm-hmm. Jet lag was catching up with me. Mm-hmm. You know, being up at the private party till four in the morning and being out in the heat the next day. And yeah, it was just go, 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 go. So um, we had to um, recharge the batteries um, all day Sunday. So I literally did that, Um, slept in late Sunday and kind of was able to recharge the batteries. But that's the biggest thing you've if you're doing fly dates. you know, is rest and staying hydrated. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's one of my saving graces for me was I was pounding water well before I went out of town because right. I knew part of being on the road and you don't think about it. Yeah. You know, when you're out doing fly dates and you have to do these long runs, is like you need to hydrate yourself because yeah. you, you don't have time mm-hmm. to think about, okay, I need to be drinking water. Mm-hmm. It's waking up, eating, sound checking you know it's like your 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 days are 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 planned out Mm -hmm. and if you don't if you're not mindful about making sure you're getting rest and hydrating yourself it can be a problem yeah Uh, because i've been out on uh, i've been out on the road before and wasn't hydrating and your voice gives out Mm -hmm. um especially if you're guitar players you start getting muscle cramps you know from having a guitar around your body Mm -hmm. like just aches and pains you know from dehydration so Mm -hmm. Um, that was huge. Um, making sure that I prehydrated myself, got out there. Um, it helped me recover a little quicker. Very cool. Um, but yeah, I think the other thing, um, going into, um, so that was the end of the full band electric gigs. The next part, the next two shows that we did were all acoustic. Right. So we're into Sunday. You're resting. Yep. Resting, kicking it in Oregon with my brother. Um, went, um, and did, uh, did that thing down there. And then Monday, 
headed back down to um, uh, the Ben Rue estate farm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, we were headed to Bend, Oregon, to uh, play for another private party for Pape Machinery, which is a big John Deere tractor agriculture company out on the West Coast. Cool. So private party out there, That was that's a three-hour drive from Portland, Oregon, um, so a little closer from 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 Ben Rue's family. So my brother schlepped me down to the farm, and from the farm we headed down to Sun River Resorts where the first acoustic show was. Okay. So didn't travel with my acoustic guitar. Um, ben provided, uh, he had, you know, obviously a few acoustic guitars. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, which was, I was totally like, sure, fine, whatever, until I got down there and realized I really wish I had my acoustic guitar. Right. Um, you know, just for what I bring to the table, you know, I, you know, I'm required to play rhythm, but I'm also required to play some lead stuff. Yeah. You know, and the guitar that Ben provided for me, uh, it was an awesome Gibson guitar, but it was super high action. You know, yeah. the action wasn't as low as I prefer it. It didn't have a cutaway, mm-hmm. so I wasn't able to access the fretboard. Normally, on a cutaway guitar, you're able to get higher up the fretboard. Right. I'm just out of my comfort zone, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not used mm-hmm. to playing a two-hour acoustic gig on a guitar, on a guitar that's unfamiliar. That's really made uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. Yeah. That's really made for somebody to strum chords on, really. Yeah. So you have so you have to make it work. Yeah. You got to make it work. And I did. It's that working musician. Yeah. Make you know, and you have to make it work, but you know, I don't feel like I performed my best because I didn't feel comfortable. Mhm. You know what I mean? And to me, that's a important part of doing fly dates is making sure that you're as comfortable as possible. Mm-hmm. So when I'm on the electric stuff, I've got my own guitars, my patches are dialed in. It's the same. It's rinse and repeat with that stuff. With the acoustic guitar, everything has to be shifted. Everything has to be reinterpreted on that instrument. I can't play the same note for note solos because I don't have access to the fretboard because of the cutaway because it's harder to solo on it. So mm-hmm. I ha- everything has to be abbreviated or it has to be adapted, right? And it's not like you had a ton of time to plan for that. You've got to do it in the moment. Correct. Yeah. And to kind of branch off into a side story, the drummer uh, was playing a cajon mm-hmm. and also was a, there was a backline kit that was rented for him. It was a nice DW kit. It was fine. Um, but when we unpacked the drum set, the clutch, the hi-hat clutch wasn't in there. So we had to make a trip to Guitar Center. Excuse me. We were going to go to Guitar Center, but it was too far away. Thank goodness the sound guy said there's a local drum shop that's right down the street. Wow. So we went to... chances of that, man? So, yeah. Um, so we got there, got the clutch, and then he remembered that he forgot his cajon hot rod sticks, whatever he used. So he was able to buy them there. Okay. So we were able to fix the drummer's problems. But the point is is that you have to be in those situations, assume something's going to go wrong yeah. and be prepared. It, it will, yeah. You don't know, let it be, throw you off. Yeah, don't yeah. let it throw you off. Don't let it get you out of your comfort zone mm-hmm. because, you know, being, you know, I've done this for so long, I shouldn't have let it affect me the way it did, but it sure did, man. Mm. And I think it was mainly just... Um, you know, I just wanted to 
be peak John Mobley. I hate to talk in the third person, but you know what I mean. Right, I wanted yeah. to be, have my best foot yeah, forward. We all have a standard. Yeah, right, exactly. Sure. So um, it was just a little – it took a little bit of effort for me to make sure that – to stay in the moment, mm-hmm. you know. I knew the material backwards and forwards and just play the songs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, that private party for Pape Machinery at Sun River Resorts went great, um, you know, once I kind of got my bearings on the acoustic guitar and got familiar with it, it was, things started to gel. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the other thing too for me that I take pride in um, is my background vocals and my, you know, I just haven't sang a lot with Ben. So I'm having to learn his phrasing, mm-hmm. his timing and all yeah. that stuff. So um, although I did a couple of gigs with him the previous year, mm-hmm. they were all full band shows we only had to do 45 minute sets, so the stuff I had to do was a lot more uh, refined and mm-hmm. wasn't as in depth as I was having to do. Just wasn't as much material, right, right? So, and it was all original stuff. So it was all in the record. All I had to do was literally learn the record, right? Which I did, and it was piece of cake. Yeah. So now, a lot more cover songs, mm-hmm. you know, a lot more microscopic, yes, fine tunes, you know. know. And a lot of these cover songs, we actually actually play with Joe, uh-huh. and the phrasing's different, the transitions are different. And I'm sure since you do them with Joe, this is just me thinking mentally. Yes. you're you're already conditioned to hear it, sing it a certain way. Right, and so I'm having right. to instantly yeah. just flush that down the toilet, mm, man, and say that's no longer a point of reference. Mm-hmm. So kind of got my bearings with that, uh, and. Um, the gig went well. They, Sun River Resorts is beautiful. They they got us a villa down there, so we stayed. We spent the night down there. They fed us. Um, just amazing, super super gracious uh, people um, at the Pape Machinery Company. Um, just a fantastic gig. Get fiddles and paradiddles will always be available for free, but we rely on our donations from our listeners. Please visit our website at getfiddlesandparadiddles.fireside.fm and click on the donate button. Subscribe to our show on iTunes, and if you enjoy what you hear, give us a review. So we spent the night, had to get up the next morning, head back to Silverton. Mm-hmm. Last gig was in downtown Silverton, another acoustic gig. So this is Tuesday? This is Tuesday. Okay. So, um... Uh, so I'm pretty, pretty jet lagged by Tuesday. Like it's yeah. literally, it was a struggle for me to get out of the bed. I literally could have slept all day Tuesday. Wow. So anyway, show must go on. So we get up, um, head back down to Silverton, play at this place called Max Place, which is in downtown Silverton. Cool little dive bar, mm-hmm. which is, this is where Ben Rue's from. Um, so it was going to be acoustic small little you know just your typical local dive watering hole right um little did i know that was going to me i think that was the best show and you would have never known from the series of events that led up to showtime if you looked up even the itinerary you had you're like okay the last gig's not going to be the best gig right you know turned out that way turned out to me yeah I, i think you know, we, we literally had to turn chicken shit into chicken salad. <laughs> you know, okay. um, we got there. Um, the sound guy, um, I, I can best describe as if you're familiar with old school wrestling, 
he looked like Jake the Snake Roberts' cousin. <laughs> okay. You know, got a python skin cowboy hat, python boots, you know, standard issue roadie black pants, and a black uh, vest with no shirt. Just yeah. the vest? Just the vest, sir. Sun's out, gun's out. Was it buttoned or unbuttoned? Oh, it was buttoned, okay. except for the top two. You know, he had to let that come through. He had all the, the standard, um, you know, gypsy necklace regalia, maybe a shark tooth, maybe a megalodon tooth. I don't know. Some opaque-looking... Something, dude. Megalodon. <laughs> Just, you know... A freaking right, that's the name of the episode. Megalodon. Megalodon tooth. You know, freaking tilithium crystal oh from the freaking Star Trek spaceship. Just... Goodness. So I'm starting to um, profile this gentleman, and I'm like, we're in for an evening. So he, he shows up, um, doesn't have enough DIs for us. Oh, boy. Um, thought that the they would already have the DIs at the club. The DIs weren't there. Somebody borrowed them or something or other. So... The shit show begins in my book, right? Mm. So he's able to wrangle up the DIs. We get uh, we get going. The monitor wedges are hung from the ceiling, mm-hmm. which is not ideal. Pointed at your forehead. Point, point yeah. at your forehead. Yeah, you know, we weren't able to use ears, right? Um, just because it was just overkill for this place. You know, we don't want to be the douchey band with mm-hmm. freaking in-ears and a dive bar, right? right Playing right. acoustic guitars. Don't be that band. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the guy, the sound guy, did his best. Uh, luckily, the bass player is an astute uh, person, and he literally stood beside the mixing board and ran sound for us. Well, let's give him a shout-out. Adam Romito. Adam Romito. You are worth your weight in gold sir mm. not only are you a phenomenal bassist but you are a quality sound guy in a pinch boom um you're my boy blue um so you know but the the, the place was packed you know they all knew ben rue they knew his songs it was just energy man mm. and that energy fed the whole band man and they were just super clapped after every song or dancing it was just what you would think a yeah. a show in your hometown would be like. That's good. That's awesome. So that was the cherry on top of the evening. But once again, you know, you have to, you know, I was able to, my comfort zone level was really where it needed to be on this gig. Mm-hmm. Uh, vocally, um, I knew what was coming. So yeah. our harmonies were just, so tight, man. They're so yeah. good. Yeah, three gigs to get yeah. used to and yep. adjusted. Yeah. yeah. So everybody kind of was rhythm section wise. We were all locked in. That's cool. Um, it was it was the best sounding gig. Um, the best the band sounded. I'm sure we sounded great at the other ones, but you could just feel like everybody was just kind of connected and locked in. That's cool. That's um, awesome. But yeah, you know things went wrong, um, and you have to adjust, and you can't. Um, you have to be able to compartmentalize that stuff mm-hmm. and perform your best. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're all human. Right. You may make a mistake, but you got to trust that you know the material and you're ready to go. And if something comes up, deal with it. 
you know. Uh, let's just say hypothetically, it's interesting that you say compartmentalize because what if you weren't able to kind of hold on to that and you outwardly kind of showed it out, right, to the artist or to the other people in the band? Right. Like, what do you think your chances of being rehired? Not, not, you know? not good. And I've done that. <laughs> I've done that with Joe, and I, it's probably just a comfort level, like. You know, we get to a venue and the sound guy's just a jackass and sound shit. And I'm just, you know, I'll start showing my emotions on my sleeve because Mm -hmm. especially if I've already advanced the show myself, because usually I have to do a lot of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I know that we've already, that stuff should have been worked out. So my emotions will get the best of me. Mm -hmm. So in the past couple of years, I've made an effort to... Be you can catch more flies with honey than you can with vinegar. Totally yeah. right. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, be a little bit more go with the flow. Kind of just you know take a breath and work with what you got. Yep. You know. Um, so to get back to your point, if I would have just you know let's say at the Lynn County Fair, I kept telling the guy I needed more tracks. Mm-hmm. in my wedge mm-hmm. and literally he was turning tracks up in adam's wedge oh. as opposed to my wedge right and when he finally figured out which mix he was on we only had two songs left oh lord wow and only one of them had a backing track at that point <laughs> which you know yay for me because i didn't have to worry about it anymore but it's like too little too late i mm-hmm. could have just been pissed off stomping my feet cussing the guy out but instead mm-hmm. after the show was over and went Shook his hand, gave him a hug, said, thank you, man. Appreciate it. Sounded mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. Yep. All that stuff adds up. I it, mean, everybody sees that. You yep. know, they see it. They hear it. You know, it definitely all those those kind of emotional responses, like how will you respond to this, whether it's neutral or, you know, positive, better than negative. Better know? than yeah. negative, yeah. And, you know, and I had to learn that the hard way because I I played with some people, you know, years, years ago when I was first kind of getting into the hired gun guitarist kind of thing um you know a lot of it was some of my ego you know i went to music school i went to aim i'm a professional i don't have to deal with this crap you know i'm I'm above this kind of kind of thing Mm -hmm. and you know when you don't get calls yeah you know you start to kind of have to take some inventory of what you're doing and why you're not getting calls Mm -hmm. um and so much of it is your attitude and your, how cool are you on a gig mm-hmm. when stuff doesn't go right? Yep. Because I know for a fact Ben was paying attention to every single thing that went wrong on my side of mm-hmm. the world mm-hmm. in guitar land. He mm-hmm. was paying attention to that. Yep. And conversely, things that were going wrong with him, I would help him out and use my expertise and knowledge and actually fix the problem right. for him. Right. And he was, you know, like, I didn't have to do that, mm-hmm. you know, but that's part of what you have to do. Mm-hmm. You know, the more you can do, the more valuable you are into a situation, you right. know, right. case in point with Adam, not only is he a good bass player, but he knows how to run a mixing console, right? you know, so stuff like that is going to, um, you know, add up, you know what I mean? It's going to make you more valuable, right? Raises your stock, raises your yeah, stock. Thank sure. you. Yeah. You know, because it's just not all about chops. Mm-hmm. It's really not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, so that's the biggest thing for me with these fly dates is, um, prepare yourself with the material, but be flexible and be willing and ready for something to go wrong to figure it out. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I was, if for some reason, you know, my power supplies went down with the HX products, well, I had the power supplies that came with the units in my book bag. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I was prepared as best I could for problems that would arise in my world. Yeah. So, you know, you can't really worry about sound guys. You're, you're at that mercy, at their mercy for the most part, but just be, be nice. Try to be nice and try to, um, be as uh, cordial as you can and you'll be okay. But, you know, I, I had a great time, um, going back in August, uh, to do, a. Headline the Sutherland County Fair mm-hmm. with Ben Rue. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just one a one gig Thursday night, but he's headlining, um, and looking forward to that. And you know, now I know, I just feel you know the comfort level. Right, I, I think is, I think you know, and that's you know that's something that Ben, when we uh, were sharing a room at the Sun River Resort, he was like, "Man, I couldn't have called any other person but you to do this gig." Wow. Because when we did the private party, they started making song requests. Uh, of course. Yeah. And if you don't have that repertoire, mm-hmm. and he was like, do you know this song? And I'm like, of course I know this song. Yeah. You know, he was like, man, I can't believe you knew every single one of those. And I was like, well, man, that's what I do. Right. You know, this is what I do back home with Joe. I mean, Has- we're, hashtag working musician. Hashtag right. working musician. Yeah. So point is, is that Ben couldn't have just hired some Johnny come lately from his hometown. He said that he would have to call Nashville guys. Wow. Even though I'm not in Nashville, mm-hmm. Ben considers me a Nashville guy. That's huge. So to me, that's probably one of the best compliments I can get from an artist is to me, that's validation. Mm-hmm. You know, being able to roll with the punches and just be a complete professional. Right. You know, that's, that's what you have to set the bar at. Right. Well, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Um, one takeaway that I think John and I talked about at the, uh, uh, when he was on his way home, uh, the next day when he, when he, he, uh, kind of hipped me to a lot of this stuff and mm-hmm. a lot of stuff he's talked about. Um, so you flew home Wednesday, right? Is that right? Or yeah, we flew home, yeah. We flew home Wednesday. Uh, we left Oregon at, we flew out of Oregon, I think at 11 o'clock Oregon time. Okay. So the, 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 the biggest thing that like stuck with me is mm-hmm. that you flew home, you yep. arrived in Nashville. When, when was it? So, uh, we had a layover. So we flew out of Portland. We flew from Portland to Oakland, which was two hours. And then from Oakland to Atlanta, which was five hours. Right. Or excuse me, Oakland to Nashville, mm-hmm. five hours. So you still had to drive home. Still had to drive home. And so you arrived get, in Nashville close to midnight? Uh, was that it right? It was 11.20 when we touched down in right. Nashville. So by the time you get to your car, get your stuff. Not to mention... Nashville's an hour behind, right? Eastern Standard Time. So it's technically one o'clock. So it's technically one o'clock. And so, so he drove home. I did. You got in your car and you drove home from from like one in the morning our time to five in the morning our time. Yep. You, you know, five five thirty straight mm-hmm. through the night. Straight through because you had to get home to your family. Yeah, man. Yeah. And that, that's huge. I think that's that's a huge statement that we should really kind of pause on for a minute and think about. You know, like even though we're we got the fly gigs and we take mm-hmm. the gigs and we go out and we play with the artists, we you know, we are supporting acts or whatever. We still got real life to come home yeah, to. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and the job's not over. Your gig, your music gig's not over till you get home. Right, right. Right. It's not, not when you touch down in Nashville. It's right, because part, right, part of that job is the travel, is right. traveling. Right. You know, um, you know, it's no, it's not roofing a house, but it's still, you know, driving, you know, five hours 
you know, in the dead of night, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a job, right. you know? Um, so yeah, you know, I had to get home. Um, conditions were perfect for me to come home because I don't have a whole lot of traffic at that time mm-hmm. getting through Chattanooga and Atlanta. And right. if I were to have woken up early, you know, I'm going to have to deal with ungodly amounts of traffic coming home. Right. So instead of, you know, it being a four hour, four and a half hour drive home, it would be more like a seven hour drive with mm-hmm. traffic. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I, you know, I just, you know, I owe that to my wife and my family to get home as quick as possible so we can get back to our daily lives. Which is super cool. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. So, well, um, I, I love that we, we kind of built up to this, you know, mm-hmm. and you were able to tell a great story throughout. And um, I hope that, you know, listeners, I hope that you've been taken through kind of the understandings of what it is to do a flight. Yeah. Date. I yeah. think that a lot of it obviously is prep. It is. But it's like John said, adjusting to the things that not, not if they'll go wrong, there will be some things that go right. wrong and you have to be able to adjust with it, roll with it, yep. have a positive attitude because obviously you want to get rehired. Yep. Like these are all things, great takeaways. Yeah. You and, know. you know, big shout out to Ben Rue. Uh, thanks for having me out. Thanks to his family. They were super gracious. Um, everybody go and check out Ben Rue's stuff. Uh, ben Rue is B-E-N-R-U-E. He's on all of the internet, social media stuff. What, what do yeah, they call spaces. it? The, the spaces. Yeah, yeah he's all the, all the social media platforms. Yeah, go check out his stuff. Uh, super talented guy. Um, great, great singer. Um, really enjoyed playing with uh, Adam and Derek in the band, super cool guys. So, um, looking forward to going back out in a couple of weeks, but yeah, you know, that's, that's kind of where, you know, when he, you know, when he calls, um, you know, there's a reason why he's calling me. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, that's what you want to strive. That's, that's the goal. That's what we're building towards for sure. You know? yeah. So, um, that's, that, that pretty much wraps up the Oregon trip. Very cool. Well, let's, uh, let's segue into our, uh, our not so new, but still kind of new, kind of new segment yeah, segment. What makes that song great for a while? We've been in the eighties, right? Yes. We've been so in we the eighties songs. And then even we did the 1985 song by mm-hmm. Haken, mm-hmm. right? So we feel like we stayed in the eighties a yes. little bit, even though we got a song referencing 1985. Mm-hmm. So, um, in pre-production, John and I, we always sit down and say, hey, what's, what's going to be our song, you know? And of course, we're, we've always got our friends who are exposing us to music. Yes. And pretty cool that um, the song that we're going to talk about today was when you were, you were sharing a room with Ben Rue. Right? Yeah. Uh, so uh, Ben and I were sharing a room. I was brushing my teeth and shaving, and I had my phone playing some music in the background, and it mm-hmm. was a band called The 1975. Right. Um, and I was playing one of the songs. I can't remember what I was playing, but he thought that it was this band that we're about to tell you about. Right. And I said, no, it's actually another band. And right. he was like, well, hey, if you like that, you will like this band called The Paper Kites. The Paper Kites. So, uh, yeah, our, our band is The Paper Kites, and the song is called? Electric Indigo. Electric Indigo. And so this album, uh, it's fairly new, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it was released 2015. Yeah, let me look up something here. Yeah, 2015, August 28th of 2015. Mm-hmm. For sure. So the album is called 12-4. Uh, one of the really cool things about this particular album that was a great little uh, you know, bullet point mm-hmm. was that the album was called 12-4 because uh, it was recorded, the entire album yep. was recorded between the hours of midnight and 4 a.m. It's 12-4. Yeah, 12-4. Uh, and so the lead singer felt that the creativity was the strongest mm-hmm. at that time. 
mm-hmm. uh, 12 to 4. Okay, we can all just speculate what we want to. I, I yeah. say cocaine, yeah. but... <laughs> could be cocaine. <laughs> no, I'm just cocaine. kidding. Yeah. We have, I have no... I don't know if those guys do that or not. It's, I'm totally joking. But yeah, super... What a what a clever way to to incorporate, you know, the just the idiosyncrasies of the songwriting process. Yeah. Like that yeah. they were writing these songs between twelve and four. Right. So super super uh, duper hats off to those guys. Love the love the uh, the title. Yeah, very cool title. Very cool song too. It's mm-hmm. definitely got that 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 synth pop. You know that, that a lot a lot of bands now have. Yeah, you know, that yeah. Harkens back to that '80s sound. So mm-hmm. in, in a way, John, we're staying in the '80s. We really are. Yeah, we can't and break out of this. I mean, the '80s just, you know, uh, maybe another argument for another day. But pound pound for pound, probably the best decade for music. Yeah, yeah. I would could, I would agree. Could argue that maybe maybe, maybe early '90s. Maybe yeah. You know, up to maybe '94, '95. Somewhere in there. Yeah, somewhere in there. But at any rate. Uh, starts out with what do you know a killer guitar riff killer guitar riff that sets the tone that right? sets the tone for the entire song um, and I think that the the guitar itself there's a reason why that instrument is a tone setter mm-hmm. is because you can you just feel it right you, mm-hmm. you the the um, the melodic sequences and the chord structures that you're able to um generate instantly grabs your attention mm-hmm. as opposed to you know something that's more abstract like a odd meter drum fill right, or right. or even a synth part or even a synth part because sometimes right. what you'll hear is not really the melody so much yes. as the tone of that synth correct but when for us because we've been exposed and mm-hmm. i don't mean just musicians i just mean human beings we've been exposed to the sound of a, a guitar for right. so long that when mm-hmm. we hear it it's familiar yeah it's right? familiar yeah. yeah it's it's um you know, for me, it's it's home base. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. starts off with the guitar riff, and then goes into this super sultry, uh, super melodic uh, melody mm-hmm. um, that's very super eighties sounding. 80s, yeah, you know, very eighties uh, vibe. But but definitely has the polished production of twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but for me. If I'm not like nerding out on instrumental music, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Um, it's always about the melody. Yeah. If it's something has a catchy melody, I'm take my money. I'm sold. Yeah. yeah. Right. And this thing, the melody is beautiful. Chorus is beautiful. Um, the cool thing about this band also too is when they play live, I think they switch instruments. They'll just oh, kind of wow. go around the horn. If That's you cool. Will. That'd be cool to watch. Um, but listening to their other stuff, you know this particular record is kind of moving them in a new direction Mm -hmm. um sonically speaking their old stuff is real like indie Mm -hmm. folky type stuff yeah uh this is definitely more polished more produced more has a more melodic 80s synth thing going cool um but yeah big fan of uh paper kites electric indigo chris you could probably speak to the groove of it another thing that super catchy is there's a slapback echo that's mm-hmm. on the snare drum mm-hmm. that sets the mood too yeah um, that's what i was about to say is what's really cool about a lot of this stuff is mm-hmm. obviously if you listen to it, you're like oh it sounds 80s mm-hmm. but you know that that's 
throwing such a wide net. You know, yep. you're casting such a wide net when yep. you say something like you that. You are. Because, I mean, 80s could also be, you know, hair metal, you know, right? Absolutely. So why, mm-hmm. why don't we say 80s and then mm-hmm. assume it's synth pop, you know? Right. Um, the 80s were known for a lot more than just Yeah, that. there's a it's lot of rocking stuff that came out of the 80s. You know, the hair metal, glam metal stuff was getting yeah. going. And, yeah, and I think that what, you know, what's cool is, you know, to reference that snare drum is that they're they're taking time to listen to and, and borrow from those things, but then they're they're putting some modern effects and yep. modern approaches, like you yep. say. So it, it gives it, it, even though it may sound like that, it gives it its own lane right. in a way, totally. like a modern version of synth pop. Right. It, it, it breathes some technology into it. It breathes some fresh air into the yep. into the the decade in which it's hearkening back to. And what I what I hear a lot of some you know some of these interviews I've I've read about and even mm-hmm. listened to is that some of these guys that are in these bands they don't want their stuff referred to as like sounds like 80s mm-hmm. and it just so happens that 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 particular thing synth pop broke out in the mm-hmm. 80s so you assume oh well, you're trying to be a new band that sounds old yep. but these bands they really have a lot of heart in what they're doing this yeah. is the sound that they're going for right you know um but i think it's just you know human nature we right we, i mean categorize you're, yeah you're you're you know obviously you're going to want to emulate your influences and right. you want to absorb and regurgitate yep you know but you know for me if i were to have go in and record an album and i had ungodly vocal ability it probably would sound a lot like that record yep you know uh, not not so much you know the songwriting but just the vibes Mm -hmm. you know the synth sounds the 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 80s kind of song arrangements Mm -hmm. um because that's the era I was most influenced in, yeah. you know, and a lot of the stuff that, you know, molded me as a guitar player came from the eighties. Right. That's, you know? that's huge. So, um, big shout out to the paper kites, uh, great record 12, four, uh, electric indigo mm-hmm. is, um, go check it out. It's really cool. The video for it is a little weird. Watched it. It's okay. It's interesting. Go check it out. But yeah, um, big shout out to the paper kites. Um, go check them out. If they come yeah, to your city or your town. Oh, show. I think that they will put on a great show. Awesome, man. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us this week. Uh, John, thanks again for sharing your, absolutely. Your flight gl- dates and glad your to be home. Yeah. Um, glad to be back, uh, doing the stuff with, with our fellow, fellow comrade, Joe Hall. We've got yeah, some, we've got a big show coming up this Friday. Yeah. So, um, glad to be home and back in the saddle, brother. Amen. Home and safe. Yes, good. absolutely. Well, guys, that's going to wrap it up for us this week. We've uh, we've had a good time. Uh, John and I are excited to be back on a, a good schedule now. Yep. You guys can start seeing the episodes now that our lives have kind of settled back into normal. Yes, so we good. are super excited. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. And we are out. <laughs>